Yeah. Uh, so the, the the reason the reason why there was a bit of a delay in starting tonight's podcast was you know you know how it is rules of a uh, kind of gone down a little bit in, in, in the UK and Scotland specifically. We can go out for dinner again. <laughs> went out for a little bit of food. My friend got dressed up a little bit. Went out. Feeling good. Looking good. You know how it is, Thomas. Uh, I, I had a bit of food. <laughs> not really thinking that much of it. Come back. Got my got my Get French Football News podcast at night. Really looking forward to it. Three great guys. Lovely stuff. Uh, come come home and my uh, brother and his wife are around. Oh, first time I've not seen them in ages. We can come into houses again. Fantastic. And hugs and all that. They've got a niece now that was born during lockdown so you know all good stuff uh, and then the niece they called it a blowout which kind of means when the, the baby does enough of their toilet that it comes out their nappy which is a real yeah I don't know if anyone's eating right now listening to this but it's a really delicious no, uh, start to the day I just finished eating yeah, okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. And and, and they they were all panicking and had to do other stuff. So they're like, oh, can you change them? So you know, you know how it is. I'm 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 hands deep in a nappy on a disgusting baby, uh, getting up, getting amongst that. So that pushed stuff a little bit back. And then just as they were leaving, right, going through, you know, I got I got Jeremy Smith, Philip Barzell, and Thomas Wiseman on the line. I've got to go start that podcast. Go into my room, and their dogs have been round, and there's just a lovely number two lying on my carpet. Uh, which also pushed back pushed back the GFFN podcast. So there was a lot going against me this evening. There was a lot going against me. So gents, I'm very sorry about this late start, but as you can imagine, there was other stuff I had to attend to before we could start on the podcast tonight. We off to a shit start. Yeah, you could say that. You could definitely say that. Uh, I was definitely in the mire with it. Um, but this is going to be the penultimate Get French Football News preview show of the season. You know, it's been a long campaign, but there's still a bit of gas left in the tank to finish off what has been an interesting year for domestic yes. football in France. Uh, tonight we have the race for that title at the top of the table, as well as the relegation dogfight to discuss as both poles of Ligue 1 are still set to be decided. In addition to this, we have some Coupe de France action to discuss as well as the semi-finals of the competition are this week with one taking place on Wednesday that we're about to talk about in just a moment and one starting in about 15 minutes actually and I'll try and give you a couple of updates as that happens. Valerier hosting Monaco, Ligue 1 Monaco so we'll see if there's a bit of a cup upset in that one. Nico Kovac and the side will surely be looking to get to the final of the competition to round off a really nice season for them, actually. But we'll talk about all that in just a moment. And to chat through it all, like I was saying earlier, I do have the lovely company of Philip Barziel, Thomas Wiseman and Jeremy Smith for me tonight. But let's talk about our first match of the podcast. And this was some Coupe de France action that took place on Wednesday night. And PSG have not had the best season, you know, they didn't do that well in Europe, you know, they didn't get to a final, which is kind of what they're aiming for. They've been struggling a little bit in the title, second going into the last couple of games. And this Coupe de France match, semi-final against Montpellier, they made a bit of a meal of it. 2-2, the game finished in regular time. Montpellier uh, had to fight back, getting a goal just before half-time to cancel out Kylian Mbappé's opener killing Mbappe back in the team after a little bit of injury issues and then the star boy again getting a goal five minutes into the second half to make it 2-1 to PSG but Andy Delors when is he not scoring for Montpellier Lapayade he gets a goal a fantastic goal I had to say every goal in this game was top notch really really just good goals guys on the boards goal specifically great finish left foot right into the top right corner was gorgeous as well so the game went to penalties Savani scores, Di Maria scores, Delors scores, Drackler scores, Steffi Mavadidi scores, Paredes scores, Restich scores, Marquinhos scores, Laborde, Neymar, and then Salman Sambia comes up in the sudden death penalties and skies one over the bar, allowing Moise Keane to get the final goal to send PSG into the Coupe de France final. And Philip Bargiel, obviously resident Parisian PSG fan, this was another, another tight game for Paris. They, they're really making a bit of a meal of their competitions this season. It was just another one where they really couldn't get going, but they're Mbappe this time, and that seemed to be the difference, him being back in the team. He's such an important player for them, isn't he? Yeah, played played well. I mean, honestly, after what happened um, against uh, Manchester City at, at Manchester City, and then uh, I think the league game, that was uh, that was was pretty cool. Pretty cool, really. Uh, most of uh, the talk was about uh, PSG playing better without Neymar again, 
which we did. Uh, Mbappe playing better without Neymar, which he did. Um, our fullbacks not being very good, which which they are, um, and uh, yeah, not not defending not defending particularly particularly well. Still showing signs of uh, of weaknesses in midfield. However, uh, there has been a lot of uh, mention of Idrissa Gueye, who has uh, um, has gone a lot better with his passing uh, between the lines, which he really didn't used to do before. And so that, that was that was a major major good point. All in all, everybody's uh, quite satisfied uh, that PSG are through to the Coupe de France final. We're going to see if uh, the giant killing happens this evening or doesn't. So the okay, game kicks off in, in 10 minutes. Uh, to be honest, most most uh, most of France uh, are rooting for the for the for the underdog. We call it the le petit poussé in uh, in France. But uh, I, I think I think most most people want a decent uh, Coupe de France to watch, uh, which is really not not in a long time actually. I think it's next week. It's next Wednesday uh, at the Stade de France, and uh, ironically, next Wednesday is the time where people will be able to go to stadiums again. But I doubt there'll be anybody. There because the uh, the maximum attendance is one thousand people. So I'll keep you keep you informed if the club uh, also wants me to to go to the Stade de France. But you know, <laughs> don't count on it. So yeah, most people are are, are rooting for PSG Monaco final, and uh, most people are saying, "Well, PSG made it to Coupe de France final." Same old, same old story. To tell me, tell me something, uh, tell me something new. Uh, but it was yeah, it was wasn't easy. Great goal by Laborde. Great goal by Delors. Uh, Doing uh, doing quite well um, uh, with uh, Derzacarion leaving. There's going to be uh, quite a bit of movement. There's, again, they've got such a great squad with um, again uh, the, the top the, the attacking duo of Dulor and Laborde. No no disrespect to Montpellier, you know, but uh, they they really should be playing at uh, at bigger better clubs and. Uh, yeah, all around, all around the pitch, it's it's quite decent. So not not really, not really surprised that uh, PSG made it to the final, but not really surprised that it wasn't all that easy. Mm. Yeah, Montpellier, I said that really can kind of put you through the ringer. Sometimes they always, they always seem to uh, put a good performance, especially against the bigger teams. I've had a lot of good good games recently, um, games against Paris as well. And you know, so much gets said about Mbappe, Neymar, the gruesome twosome of Paris, but Montpellier do that, do have their own gruesome twosome, like you were saying there, Philip, Andy Delors, Gaetan Laborde, they're so key, and, and they're always scoring for them, really get a lot of goals in this Montpellier side, currently more, uh, being coached by Michel Derzakarian, we know that he will be leaving at the end of the season, there's actually been some rumours that he might be going to Sheffield United, the recently relegated Premier League side, which would be a catastrophic step down in my opinion, but nevertheless... Jeremy Smith, it just would have been great to see Derzakarian though go out in style at Montpellier, get into a final, maybe get a trophy for them because he has done a lot of work at the club for the last few years and he's really made them a tough force to play against in the years that he's been there. Yeah, I think um, probably you'd have to say that most of his effective football has been sort of more defensive, so it hasn't always been great to watch, but he's certainly um, getting... It feels like the first half of each season is, is very strong and then the team peters out a bit. But this season, I think, um, although maybe some of the results haven't always been as good, I think the football's been a lot more entertaining. And, and you know, the, the attacking fullbacks and certainly the, those two strikers um, obviously account for a lot of that. And, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting summer there. And you know, there's lots of rumours that um, Laurent Batles, who's... who's um, uh, got Trois to promotion this year might be might be taking over at Montpellier, so um, you know possibly we've got the prospect of more entertaining football there. But then the question is which players he's going to be coaching, because as usual, um, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of, of uh, Ligue 1 players on lots of teams' radars, and, and maybe even more so than usual this this summer because of the um, the financial issues that have come about because of COVID and also the the TV rights. Debacle, um, and yes, yeah, as, as Philippe said, you know Delors and, and Laborde are, are almost certainly going to be the two most in-demand players. Um, Delors sort of 
had a sh short, extremely short period in England before at Wigan, which didn't go well at all. But I certainly don't think he should be judged on that. Um, and and what he's been showing the last two three years, um, maybe also with the, the confidence of, of now having a, a sort of continental title with Algeria as well, is excellent. And um, you know, just as to, to Zakari and. I don't know. I mean, he might be ready to move on just because he feels like it's the end of a cycle. Because as you said, I'm not, I'm not sure Sheffield United is necessarily a step up. But I think Delors, Laborde, maybe even Mollet um, are probably going to look to make um, steps forward. And then I think the other thing, and again, maybe this is something to do with Zakari and choosing to leave this summer, is I think the, the defence probably does need a bit of a rebuild. I think um, Hilton is showing his age, Congre to an extent as well. Mendes, who I think was always the unsung hero of that defence, has, has lost quite a lot of form this year. So um, I think that, yeah, the whole team will need rebuilding probably under a new coach. So it's going to be exciting to see, but I understand why maybe Zakarian is thinking it's, it's time for a new challenge. Yeah, I, I did feel a little bit sorry, I'm not going to lie, for, for Vitorino Hilton when he was squared 1v1 against Kylian Mbappe. I was like, the guy's 43, leave him alone. Mbappe was turning <laughs> him inside, outside, like, give, give him a break, he's 43 years old. The other manager in this game, obviously, Mauricio Pochettino, when that second goal went in, went in for Montpellier and it meant that PSG were pretty much a penalty shootout away from going the season trophyless. I'm not counting the trophy de champion, by the way, that doesn't count, it's a, it's a friendly match. Uh, going the season trophyless they may go on to win the Coupe de France and they may even go on to win the league you know anything could happen but Jeremy what, what, what do you think the atmosphere would be like at Paris if Pochettino doesn't bring in a single major trophy in his first year I don't think it would be good but I don't I don't think he's in any danger at the moment um, you know this, this isn't his team he hasn't had a pre-season with them and he's got a little bit more credit in the bank than previous coaches because of his his you know, the status that he had as a player at PSG. But it's it would be very much not a good start. You know, he he's had enough time and you know, even PSG's position when, when Tuchel left, still good enough that he, he should have won the league. Um, the Champions League, I think he probably overall ends in credit. Um, I don't think there's any shame in losing to Man City. There's a bit of shame in how the players acted at the end, but that's not entirely his fault. Um, and winning away to, to Barcelona and Bayern, I think, are, are great results, which gives him a little bit of a little bit more leeway and sort of brownie points there. But um, yeah, not winning a trophy and even arguably only winning the Coupe de France isn't really good enough for, for, for PSG. Um, but I think you've got to judge him on what he does next season when he's had a full summer, when maybe he has a little bit of a say in, in um, certain transfers. Um, but I, I just feel like, you know, this this match highlighted. I know there's Navas and Marquinhos as well, but it just feels like Mbappe is just so so important to this team, and, and it's all very well giving Neymar a 30 million salary or whatever it is. But frankly, I'd have, I'd have, I think I'd have kept him waiting until until I sorted out Mbappe, and frankly, I would have I would have. <laughs> I'd be tempted to say I'd ditch Neymar and give Mbappe the extra 30 million just to make sure he stays because he just feels so important to the team at the moment Thomas Wiseman I saw a tweet out uh, in midweek I think it was when Montpellier scored their second and, and it just said it's beginning to get very clear that there's a PSG with Mbappe and there's a PSG mm -hmm. without Mbappe are you, are you starting to see that in these in these last few weeks? We've, we've seen it for a while to be honest especially because Neymar hasn't actually for all the time he's been at uh, Paris, he's missed a considerable amount of games, and in them games, you've you've seen how how the team operates with Mbappe, and they they just seem um, how to describe it. Just uh, just, it just seems to work lame, better, really. Yeah, they they just seem to work better with Mbappe, and well, without Neymar, more more. Um, and I, I know we'll I know we'll come to it. We'll probably do a. Um, a team of the team of the podcast at some point, but the fact that Neymar's got is a um, shortlist for the Player of the Year is just shocking. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? But I'm sure we'll, um, yeah. Just I, I think in this game, you know, the law should probably in there instead of Neymar um, for, for what he's done this season. But we'll get onto that, I'm sure, for another podcast. 
Of course, of course. I think I'll. Uh, I think it would just make me too mad. I might leave the news podcast. I might. I might leave Jake and the guys to <laughs> decipher through that. Um, so obviously. PSG going to a cup final, I mean, they didn't really seem that happy, but at the end, when you win a penalty shootout, you're supposed to go and absolutely go mental, run at the keeper, jump up and down, but they kind of took a wee half step forward and then were just kind of like, eh, you know, it didn't seem the most, like, important to them, that they didn't seem too buzzed by it, I don't know how fans would think about that, but it was a kind of strange reaction at the end. But going into this title race that they're still a part of, they're three points behind Lille. Uh, we're going to talk about Lille's match this weekend in just a moment. But Philip Bargiel, I want to see what your opinion is on some comments that came out this week from Kylian Mbappe, an interview he had. And he was talking about, I'm going to try and kind of paraphrase, he was quoted as saying, if PSG don't win the title this season and if Lille kind of close out the job, it'll be more a case of Paris losing the title than Lille winning it um, and he had to kind of clarify his comments a little bit after he did post something on Instagram I think saying that Lille are still a great side obviously but he, you know he, he just felt like PSG were sometimes their own worst enemy at times this this season and maybe if it had been a full strength uh, PSG side and they've been playing how they have in the last few years it wouldn't have been as easy for Lille. Philip Bargiel as a fan how, how do you react to that? Do, do you agree with some of the comments that Mbappe was saying there? He's basically stating uh, what uh, everybody who is not really into football uh, thinks. Um, one detail that needs to be uh, said is that uh, Mbappe did feel rather uh, annoyed with a mistake he did, uh, mistake he did against Nantes, which brought a non-goal, which brought a defeat, and which meant that PSG lost three very valuable points. Uh, in the in the title race, and those three points would have come in uh, come in extremely extremely handy. But you know, it's not the it's not the only time that we, we played badly. We, we basically played badly once once a week on average, uh, as a, as that performance against Rennes uh, was absolutely absolutely horrible. And uh, yeah, I think that's his way of saying, you know what, we 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 messed up, and we really should be we should be uh, winning. We, we really should be. Already league champions, just like uh, you know, like we usually do. But the the problem the problem is that uh, we we haven't turned up for most for most of the uh, most of the season, and that is why we have only say something stupid there seventy six points after thirty six games. Given that uh, we need to win the last two, I'm not not even saying we're going to. So it'll make us on eighty one points. Uh, 81 points this season, whereas since the start of the Qatari era, it's been more like 90. So there's 10 points missing, which is basically basically three three wins. So you you this is to me this is where he's getting at. See, I think last last four season, last season doesn't count because it was controlled by the COVID. Uh, last uh, four season was 1819 uh, and finished with 91 points, 16 points clear of. You guessed it, Lee. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, basically him saying uh, saying that uh, we we basically messed up. Um, and I happen to I happen to agree. I mean, uh, PSG should be uh, taking uh, making. Uh, uh, yeah, I would I would say ninety points for every season, and uh, he he basically stated his disappointment, which is uh, to me. I mean, I see, see nothing uh, nothing wrong with it. A lot of people are. Really, really praying that he extends his contract. Yeah, it's it's seeming to be more important day by day how Mbappe is to Paris, you know, and and if Pochettino maybe gets his own squad together for next season and they go at it with that kind of exuberance of of, of a refreshed squad, Mbappe tied down to a long term contract, Neymar tied down to a long term contract. Now it, it may be a different story, but this season has kind of all been about Lille and how they've kept that lead right at the top of the table for quite a while now. They've been at the top for a while and that's where they sit at the moment going into the last two games of the season. So let's talk about the title race then. Let's talk about Lille and their match up against San Etienne this weekend. And we'll come on to San Etienne in a moment because it's actually a trickier game than it sounds. I know San Etienne haven't had the most incredible season this year, but they're becoming a team in form with a few wins in the last few weeks. So, the situation as it stands in the table. Lille are top with 79 points, whereas PSG are three 
points behind them on, on 76. So as rather tight at the top. PSG have quite a considerable goal difference lead ahead of Lille should that have to be a, a stipulation in how we decide the title. But if Lille win their next two games or if Paris lose their next game, you know, it, it pretty much puts the title in the hands of the team from the north, from the top of France to Lille, which would be a, a magnanimous achievement for, for Lille this season. Jeremy Smith Going up against Saint-Étienne in this one. They've held their steel, they've held their nerve in a lot of games this season, but the nerves have got to be jangled for this one going up against a Saint-Étienne side who have played a bit better in the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, they've, they've been in, in slightly better form. I think they, they've won their last two and they've got um, the incentive of, of um, leapfrogging the, the mighty mess if they were to win, so it doesn't get much bigger than that. Um, it's interesting because you can imagine that um, Claude Puel maybe would want to get one over, get one, yeah, over on on a sort of another sort of well-respected coach. But then, you know, Saint Etienne probably have got a very soft spot for Gautier and would quite like him to do to do one over PSG. So, I mean, look, Lille have got to start this as big favourites, and um, I feel like. Last week was probably their their biggest remaining test, and and they they passed that with flying colours. And in theory, as 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 improved as Saint Etienne have been, um, this should be a straightforward win. And they they have the comfort that they can they can afford to sort of win one and draw one if their last two games, and and they would still be champions. Um, I I just feel that that there still might be a twist somewhere. And I'm not saying this just to suck up to, to Thomas, but last match of the season, oh, big goodbye for Moulin with with fans back in the stadium. <laughs> Possibly that's where it might happen. So I'm sort of hoping that, that as someone who would rather Lille won the league this year than, than PSG, I hope that they'll get the three points against Saint-Étienne and I expect that they would. But, <coughs> excuse me, I just... I, I don't think it's going to be straightforward. Obviously, you know, this time in the season, there's always two ways of looking at it. Either you can say, well, the other team is on the beach. They've got nothing to play for either way. Or you can say well, that, that, you know, they, they can play with complete freedom. And so in a way that the shackles can be off. Um, I think Saint-Étienne will give them a, a tough match, but I do expect they'll to come through. Thomas Wiseman, how, how do you respond to that? Is the story set for Onje to be the spanner in the works for Lille's title charge? I mean, I, w- I want Lille to win, to be fair, but I'm conflicted because I want um, a nice end into Moulin's, what, decade as as first team mm. manager. So let's hope that maybe PSG drop, her, drop some points before then. <laughs> Uh, Thomas, how, how do you think the camp will be approaching this one, though, for Lille? Like, like we were saying, San Etienne, they've won their last two matches uh, back-to-back, and as we know, Lille are, have won their last three games, but against Lance, uh, Clement Michelin, I believe, got sent off fairly early on in the game, and against Nice, Nice had a man sent off fairly early on in the second half, so it wasn't the most difficult of challenges, and with San Etienne showing a bit better form this last few weeks, and if, if they keep all 11 men on the pitch, it's not too without with the realms that that Lille could still could still gammy this. How, how how do you think the last few weeks of the season are did going to see, go? In? Did you see Yilmaz's goal? Oh, the one his, against Lens. His, his, yeah, his long range goal. Tasty, tasty left pig. Yeah, it was and, insane. I mean, he's in some he's in spectacular form, especially you know when they need him when they need him most towards the end of the season. Um, but that being said, you know Etienne Green, <laughs> perfectly um, net per, um, player. Um, <laughs> Etienne Green in the in the Sotien net. You know he's he's only had a few um, first team appearances and he's been doing very very well. But I just don't see. I, I think there's the, uh, there's an aura around Lil that's been there for most of the season and it's just through some of these games and and clutch them with victory and points here and there um and i think maybe uh yeah, maybe maybe Gautier, um against sanity and they maybe want to um 
yeah, like like beat PSG, but you wouldn't want to think that. You'd hope it would be competitive, but um, it should be it should be quite an interesting game now. Mm. Well, that, well, that's the thing. Lewis, if, yeah. I, if I may say something about Bouye um of course. T- to me, to me, that's that's a clincher uh, because uh, I, I, it's not particularly the game against Lens, a fantastic goal, of course. I'm not even sure he's left-footed, Gilmaz, which makes it even more so. special. Yeah. No, he's not. But, yeah. but I mean, I mean, just you know, wow. But to me, uh, where you saw that the guy could uh, could change the game on his head by by himself was uh, at Lyon. Mm-hmm. Where Lille were two 0 down, uh, they weren't very good. Yeah. Well, they, they weren't playing badly exactly, but Lyon weren't walking on them either. But Bjorkinmas scored that goal on a free kick, which wasn't bad, and uh, and then they got gifted they got gifted a goal uh, by uh, a young player I don't remember who, and then they scored that third goal with uh, Bjorkinmas uh, flicking flicking the ball with his head over to Yezici, and that's that to me was was. Uh, was the was a was a sign that this side was going to was was going to win the uh, the champions fortune, mm-hmm. if you will. I mean, uh, yeah. Jeremy doesn't want uh, wants Lille to win the league. So does Thomas. Lewis is in so as well, and even I do because they just deserve it. That's mm. that's you know that's the gist of it. I mean, uh, Saint Etienne and Angers can do whatever they want, but I think I think most of the country do do want uh, uh, do want Lille to uh, to win the league and. Including a lot, a lot of uh, of Peugeot's fan base. Mm. Well, that, that's the thing, Phil, about Burak Yilmaz. I mean, I know he's jumped about a lot of clubs his whole career, but it's his, it's only his first year in France. It's pretty much his only year out of, out of Turkey, actually, except for when he went to play in China. But he just seems to bleed Lille, despite only being here for like eight months or whatnot. You know, all the players seem to really rally around him. The word that kind of springs to mind is talismanic. Phil, he he just seems mm-hmm. talismanic. If he seems that like everyone rotates around him, yeah. And to be honest, I mean, uh, I had never well, I had heard of him. Well, I'm no uh, Turkish football expert, uh, but uh, I had heard of him. And when Lille signed him, it was like, yeah, you know, why not? A bit like, uh, uh, you know, we would would berserk at uh, at Nîmes, where he actually uh, he he left and. Uh, we talked about him last week. I don't remember where he, who he plays for, but he left. He left Nîmes, and to me, that was that type of player. You know, he the Turkish league isn't uh, exactly uh, uh, world class or anything. So I, I wasn't expecting that at all, and I, I, I don't think I was. I was the only one. It was extremely surprising to to see him to to see him do do something and do this kind of stuff like uh, at uh, at Lyon and basically winning the game by himself. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's been it's been extremely impressive and so uh, uh, shall we say uh, yeah unexpected, just just unexpected to to have a, to have a player which uh, you heard of but you never thought he would be at that level, and uh, it, it's very it's very refreshing to see that kind of attitude on the pitch. Uh, you don't you don't have all the players with uh, with all this uh, all this uh, uh, energy. And uh, you said he, he bleeds Lille. Uh, to, to me, he bleeds who, whoever, whoever, whoever clubs he plays for. I'm sure he, I'm sure he has the same attitude with other, with other clubs in in Turkey. It's, I mean, it's he's a, he's a great guy, great, uh, great player to watch. Honestly, yeah, I was just going to say, like you said, um, Lewis, that he's sort of like a focal point for the team. And even after the goals they scored against Lens, they all celebrated together. And then you know him and him and uh, Joseph Font both were, you know saying to the team like, okay let's concentrate you know um they weren't letting the the, the younger players get carried away with it mm, yeah he, he's really been a kind of experienced figure for them but i'm so mm. glad phil that you mentioned umit bozok oh i've not heard that name in a while i remember when uh when neem got promoted 2017-18 season from a uh, yeah. from league Deux. oh thomas he scored 24 goals that season. He was an absolute monster. I actually watched a lot of Nimes games that, that season. And I was so excited. Mess, by the way. Oh, I was so excited for him to absolutely rip up Ligue 1 and it just never happened. I was so, I was very sad about that. He never really got a, a good chance to kind of tear it up at Nimes. Yeah, it was a shame. That, yeah, that was, that was the, I'm pretty sure the season that Nimes broke the record for the amount of goals scored. And like, I might be wrong, guys, in league there, but it was oh, really? him and um, uh, Aliwe. Who, who yes, were, Rashid. They played like four four two, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. That was that was really fun. It's a shame. I think he's at Lawrence, maybe. I, I think it's Trois. Wrong, or Trois. 
Or Twan Lone from Lorient. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Um, yeah, him, him under Bernard Blackheart back in the day. Oof, what what a what a pair up that was, honestly. Uh, okay, so let's get a little score prediction then for this one: Lille versus San Etienne. Jeremy, I'll start with you. How how do you see this one going? You said earlier you do expect Lille to get the three points in this one to set them on their way to their title. Yeah, I, th- I think there will be a bit of a scare, but I think they'll win three one in the end. Three one. Okay, Phil, how about you? How do you see this one finishing? I'm going to go with uh, Nervy 1-0 win. That's not going to go in the 89th minute. <laughs> I love it, the specifics. Know. Yeah. <laughs> I always love specifics. You know this now. I love when there's, you know, when you give key <laughs> details about how the game's going to go. Thomas, what about you? How specific is your score prediction? I'm going to go kind of the same idea, but um, 85th minute, Yilmaz goal, 2-1. <laughs> absolutely all the Turkish fans going absolutely insane in Lille's uh, in Lille's mentions every time that boy scores honestly all the Besiktas fans are absolutely loving it <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go I'm going to go a nervy win as well I think Lille will but I'm going to say a 1-0 win they've actually been quite good at a 1-0 win this season um, you know fantastic defensively but I, I think I think it probably will be a 1-0 win I can't I don't see them absolutely breezing this game I think it will be quite a tricky match mm, yeah um, okay, let's have a quick look at the relegation setup then, because as I was saying earlier in the, in the intro, both poles of this of this table are, are still to be decided. There's nothing really uh, set down in paper except for obviously Dijon. <laughs> Dijon, they'll be playing League Two football. I actually found it quite interesting um, on Instagram. I follow Jonathan Panzo, English centre-back for Dijon, uh, signed from Chelsea. Came with a bit of hype, but he's not showed too much. Um, but he, he put up a little photo of him playing and all that, and that was great. And uh, I think it was... Uh, his caption was like... Um, down but not... like 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 It was like, the fight isn't finished yet or something like that. And I was like, Jonathan, you're you're like 40 points off everyone. You, the fight is finished, brother. The fight uh, yeah, is finished, close. bro. I think they are... Like 17 on, points on, off. On record to become... I think we talked about it a few weeks ago. On record to become... In terms, of, in terms of points wise, the worst league and club. Joint, um, joint worse. It was joint, was it? Yeah. Is that Jackson? Uh, I think it was. It was yeah. no. It was, I mean, were twenty points. It was the um, the maybe, Trois team from a few years ago. Yeah, maybe ago. Trois. Yeah. All oh, yeah. right. Okay. 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 That had that had eighteen points. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know what Jonathan Panzer was talking about in his Instagram caption, but I, ju- I just thought I'd open with that. Um, the situation at the moment, it seems that there's about, I think mathematically there's a couple more teams than this that could go down, but it really seems if there's about four, maybe five teams that are embroiling it at the moment. The situation is Nîmes sitting in 19th on 35 points. They got a massive, massive, massive 3-0 win last week to, to keep them in the conversation. You really can't understate how big that win was. So they're on 35 points. Neem Nantes are just above them in the relegation playoff place and 18th on 37 points. So obviously two points ahead of them. And then it's Lorient on 38. Strasbourg also on 38. And then Bordeaux on 39 could get sucked into it if they kind of make a bit of a gammy of the last few games of the season. But it's still very tight at the bottom. And uh, Jeremy... If you're looking at the games that are still involved in this at the moment, who are you feeling most most confident in? Do you think any of the teams that are above Nantes, Lorient, Strasbourg and Bordeaux could still get sucked into this relegation battle? Could maybe go down or, or get themselves into a, a playoff place if they're not careful, Jeremy? Brest, I think their last match of the season might be against PSG, which obviously is tough if they're, if they're sort of brought into it. But for me, it's yeah Bordeaux and, and below. Um, normally I wouldn't even put Bordeaux and Strasbourg in there. It's just that Lorient and Nantes really seem to have found a bit of form. Um, Nîmes, you know, if they've got teams like Mess doing them favours like they did last weekend, I mean, I'm surprised there haven't been more sort of conspiracy theories banded around Twitter because Mess were a disgrace. Um, <laughs> so th- those those three teams are finding a bit of form and, and Strasbourg and Bordeaux really don't have any. And um, Strasbourg a little bit less so, but obviously everything around... Who many have just scored? Gee, really? Yeah. So sorry, Jeremy. That's all right. Don't like being interrupted for that. Um, yeah. So I think Bordeaux. Just everyone around there is is just so depressed about everything about the club that you can see them sort of being dragged back into it 
just because mm-hmm. it's hard to see where they're going to find the sort of impetus to to get a result. I mean, I know, I, I know they did have a, a win sort of two weeks ago, but again, they 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 just look so poor against Nantes in in what is also sort of unofficially a derby, and so you'd you'd have thought they'd raise themselves even more for that, and there was just no fight in there. So, if Lorient and Nantes can keep up their form, their recent form, um, I I could see at least one of them sort of pulling it pulling out of the bottom three and and possibly Bordeaux being dragged in. Thomas, uh, your, your second favourite manager in world football, Antoine Kumbawari, he's turned himself into a bit of a relegation saver recently in his, in his last few years. Obviously, didn't do too well in his time at Toulouse, but went to Dijon and was only there for about six months. Kept them up, and now he seems to be doing quite a good job at Nantes. You know, he's he's raised them into the relegation playoff place, and on their form, it wouldn't be too out with the realms of reality to see them stay up automatically now. No, I actually think they. They might, because their last two games are they're playing Dijon and uh, Montpellier, um, so they're fairly favourable games compared to the other teams. And I mean, <laughs> it's 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 hard to say, but I kind of wish not went down, um, just because the the mess that club has has been in. I can't remember, but the mess that club has been in for a been in for a while. But fair play to to Comborare, <laughs> going back into league and and. Um, yeah, turning a, a team around that were looked destined to to go down with with Dijon, but you know they've been um, they were kind of um, I won't say they were fortunate, but they they had some some luck again in that Bordeaux game. Um, but yeah, so they, you know potentially they could be they could be staying up and uh, Combora will will leave and walk into the into the night once again, <laughs> waiting to come back. For, living for to fight team. another day. <laughs> uh, just to give an update on the Monaco versus Valier game, the score that Phil blurted out a couple of minutes ago. Uh, Valier, you know, lower league team, have just gone one nil up against League Un Monaco. They are looking as if, despite playing in in National Deux, the fourth tier of France, it looks as if they could be putting through Monaco, put Monaco through a tough game tonight they've just gone 1-0 up like I said Alexis sure. Puget ben the Yedel. captain with ben the goal. will get a penalty at some point oh of course <laughs> he'll, 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 he'll get someone to scrape his toe and he'll get a penalty or something uh, but as it stands the fourth tier Valérie Rumeli Valérie fantastic pronunciation I know uh, 1-0 up against Monaco so we'll keep you updated with how that game goes for the rest of the podcast um, another team that seems to still be involved in the relegation comments uh, conversation at the moment is Strasbourg. They've got no wins and their last five games. Um, there's been talk about their manager leaving at the end of the season. And they've always been a team that, since they've come up to Liga and seem to fight at the upper end of the table. Obviously got into Europe a couple of years ago as well. But Philip Bargiel, even coming into the last few weeks of the season, they're not safe either. There's, 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 there's a lot of teams that are still involved in this. And Strasbourg, a team that usually like to be a bit higher up the table, still have got themselves embroiled in this relegation battle. If they're not careful, they could be going into a relegation playoff place or even going straight down. Well, they always they, there's a side. Um, I think the only one in uh, in Liga they flattered to deceive. They were able to beat the very best. I believe they beat Monaco. Uh, not sure. I'll have to, uh, to check that. Um, yeah, they did. 1-0 uh, beginning of, uh, of March. Uh, but uh, never never got uh, rid of this, uh, you know, uh, re- relegation threat. So I think it's more, it's more a lack of uh, consistency uh, rather than the overall quality. I really doubt that they are, they'll... Uh, don't go down. I think uh, it would take something really special. Actually, maybe the playoffs. Uh, playoff against who? We're gonna, probably going to talk about it about this a bit later. But uh, I just can't see uh, Strasbourg actually going down because even in the playoffs, I think they will have too much for whoever finishes third, especially if it's Toulouse. So. Um, yeah, to me, it, it was a flutter to deceive. They're fine side. There's nothing wrong with them. They've got uh, they've got a far better side, far better squad than not, if you ask me. 
um, and it would be a real shame to see them go uh, to see them go down. But uh, honestly, I don't see that see that happening. They are at uh, away to Nice, who don't have much to play for. I can actually see them uh, getting at least a point there, and then they host Lorient. Uh, Lorient, who will, uh, who are behind them on goal difference on 38 points. It's actually, you know, quite a, a riveting. Uh, well, I, I, I actually always always find the uh, relegation battle riveting, except uh, except when you've got three sides who uh, who who are who you know are are going to go down from from November on, on, onwards, like you had in the Premiership. But you actually have Nîmes on 35, not on 37. Then there were 38, 38, Bordeaux 39, Brest 40, then Reims on 42. I mean, they, they, it means that the side who is going to finish 18th more than likely is going to have 40 points. And this uh, this actually doesn't happen very often because 40 points is actually a, a strong amount of points. It's uh, it's what every manager most, well, actually, uh, something like 16 out of the 20 managers in Liga say, okay, our objective this season is to get 40 points. That's and and to them getting forty points is like um, you can't go down with forty points. But I can actually like see, safety, uh, yeah. yeah, I can actually see, I can actually see uh, uh, whoever finished eighteenth on forty points. I think it was uh, before the playoff was installed. I think when Monaco got relegated a long, long time ago. I think they ended up, or I think uh, last they did that too uh, a while back. Uh, I think they had forty-two points and still went down. And as I say this, oh dear, uh, Rumi Valier just scored an own goal, so it's 1 1. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's still a tight fight at the bottom of the table. But, Jeremy, you know, as we look at it, I'd love to get your thoughts on who you still see will be the teams going down. I'd love to see Nîmes could, could set up a bit of a fight back at the moment, you know, one last week, but their last two games aren't exactly ideal. A home game against Lyon and an away trip to Rennes. It seems like they, on the balance of that, might be the team going officially down automatically this, this season in that 19th place. But but who do you see being the two teams embroiled in that relegation battle come the end of next week? Yeah, I, I don't think Nîmes are going to be able to do it. But looking at other fixtures, I mean, not I think, have got a decent chance of getting you know something like at least four points from their last two games. Um, Lorient... As, as Philip said, you know, big match against Strasbourg, um, last match of the season. So um, I think it's going to be tough for them. But again, if if Mess play like they did the other day, then then that should be a win for Lorient. Um, I I still think I can I can see Bordeaux getting nothing from their last two games and, and getting dragged into it. But possibly they just about got enough. So. Uh, I'm torn, but I, I think possibly Nîmes will finish 19th and maybe Lorient will end up in the playoff place. Mm. What's great is, you know, both the, the title race and relegation race, well, relegation fight will, will be going down to that last game, I think. Mm. Yeah, it does seem as if it's going to be a bit of a helicopter Sunday, as we say up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> and the, the team that will be playing... Uh, the 18th place team in Ligue 1, you know, there's a relegation playoff obviously in Ligue 1 and there's a playoff set up in Ligue 2. Thomas Wiseman, I mean, I know you've not had the pleasure of watching too much of your own team in Ligue 2 football this season. <laughs> I'll be watching a lot of it up in Scotland and the Hamilton being relegated next uh, for next season, but that's beside the fact. What, what's the setup at the moment then? Give, give us a little bit of an update, our, our, our Ligue 2 correspondent. Who could be playing the team playing in 18th in Ligue 2 at the moment? Who's, who's seen the team's Odds on so, to finish yeah. in that relegation final. So there's there's two automatic promotions from League there. Uh, Trois um, had theirs confirmed, I think, last weekend. And uh, Toulouse played a, a game in hand, I think it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Um, against Poland, they drew. So that meant that uh, Clermont, who've never been in uh, League M before, um, confirmed their promotion, which is a phenomenal achievement from 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 that club, so it means that the like you said, the playoff place is is Toulouse, um, probably I think it's Toulouse, Paris FC, Grenoble, and Auxerre might be close enough. It goes so the last game of of the league this season is uh, 
on Friday, so tomorrow. Oh, no, wait. It's not, it's not tomorrow. No, it's Saturday. I think Saturday. it's on Saturday. Um, all the te- yeah, all the teams play at the same time. Um, so it should be uh, it should be exciting and like 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 a league and there's a fight for you know promotion playoff places and there's a fight for the relegation places which we have a few teams involved in that we've got um, Chambly, Caen, uh, Dunkirk and I think Noir are there as well. I have to double check actually. Um, I think Noir are more or less safe. The thing is. Yeah. Yeah, the, the thing is, Caen uh, are playing a very tough game against Clermont. Caen are really doing terribly. And Dakar <laughs> yeah, are playing shocking. a really tough game against Toulouse. But, you know, Clermont are almost officially in Ligue 1, which is massive. But Toulouse not beating Paul last night is, uh, you know, so <laughs> unexpected. And so disappointing, mm-hmm. actually. Because Toulouse have have almost, to, to me, they've been as Monaco score second. So it's 2-1 to Monaco in the semi-final. Uh, they've been great to watch. Possibly the, the best the best team to watch. And they're going to have to go through the ordeal of playing the, the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, to, to me, I just uh, I can't see Dakar getting anything against, against Toulouse. I can't see Caen getting getting anything against Clermont. So that means that New York and Pau are pretty much safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pau have a great goal difference too. Um, to, to be honest, I mean, if you if you're going to ask me who who is going, sorry, which side at the bottom of this table has a has a chance of winning actually winning their game on Saturday. It would be Chambly at uh, Paris FC. Uh, Paris FC have uh, have al- always have this uh, nil nil boring games at Charlie T, which is a horrible ground, um, not not really a football ground, um, written all over it. So you you basically just need Chambly to get a lucky goal, like an own goal or something, or a penalty, mm. or you know something, and then all of a sudden you've got caught in 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 National, which is. You know, it, it's just no. I don't think it's happening. It's definitely not happened in the last twenty years. But I mean, I having yeah, coin national, it would be yeah, it would be it would be uh, catastrophic for the club. We've uh, mm-hmm. there was a lot of talk of Guingamp because there was a lot of uh, problems at Guingamp. I believe it was with an ex-player causing havoc. But anyways, they were in a really really bad way. Uh, but in the end, they're, they're fine now. They're, they're going to be safe. I mean, there's a twelve on forty-four points. Uh, they're actually actually not not far from the top half now. But it was you know it was it was a bad it was a bad time for the club. But Coin National, no, nobody saw that coming. And uh, Dunkerque, yeah, Dunkerque are quite happy I think with uh, with 17th or 18th um, because uh, they've never been so high up the football ladder either. Um, and yeah, actually, yeah, season. I actually got yeah. a friend who, uh, who right. really wants to go to the games, and I, I want, I want to visit their ground too. So, I really look forward to them staying up. Because is that you... playoff place, like like in Liga, um, in Liga, in eighteenth place for Com? Yeah. But there's there's Chambly have won the last two games, um, mm. and obviously, like you said, they're playing uh, Paris FC. So it's it possible they could just get automatically relegated. Uh, anyway, which would be. You know, like you said, it would be crazy to see. Yeah, yeah, you have to say we're, we're all supporting Sean Blay in this one. The family-run club, absolute tiny yeah. stadium. The manager's been, been there, there since two thousand and one. His yeah. brother owns the club. Like it's a great, it's a extremely rare setup uh, these days. But we're all we're all kind of rooting for them to stay up, obviously. Yeah. With the, just, the you're talking about Sean Blay. Yeah, Sean Blay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they don't they don't actually play at their ground because it's not uh, it's not fit enough for professional football mm. for Ligue 1 and Ligue 2. And they actually play at Beauvais, which is a ground that Red Star uh, uh, usually play at for professional games, which is a horrible um, yeah horrible place. Uh, <laughs> well, Beauvais, Beauvais is actually is it's not that bad, you know, they've got an airport and all that, but. Uh, it's uh, it's just such a soulless place, and and as the football club of Beauvais actually, you know, just don't uh, don't uh, are not very successful, so don't play at that level. So this one is more uh, famous for hosting Red Star uh, games when Red Star are in Ligue 2 and Chambly game when when Chambly are in Ligue 2. But uh, you know, mm-hmm. Ch- Chambly's ground is uh, uh, the real ground of uh, Chambly uh, football club is uh, actually quite uh, quite cool, very. Uh, very grassroots. Very yes. Very cool. Very cool. Hundred percent. I was just gonna mention the third tip, which is the the national. 
Um, so we have uh, Bastia and Kievi who've both been promoted automatically. So Bastia <coughs> coming back into to, um, you know, professional football leagues only a few years after they they were they went down to fifth, I think it mm. was. Um, and then the playoff place there, there was a, a a lot of drama in the last um, game. We had uh, Le Mans and Villefranche both um, competing for that playoff place. There's one game left still to go. <laughs> And Le Mans were, were winning their game against uh, Cholet, which would have taken them into that third spot. And they conceded in added time to make them drop points. And then Villefranche at the same time were playing, I can't remember who they were playing was, but they, they were drawing and then they scored in the 90th minute. So um, they're currently in that third place playoff spot and they've never been to the either. Jesus. Oh, which is yeah, uh, incredible. That's the thing, even going into the late stages of French football, their stories all up and down the pyramid. Uh, but, but yeah, just, just to wrap up, it seems that of that relegation playoff place that uh, could book a team their place in Ligue 1, it will be one of Toulouse, Grenoble, uh, Paris, or even possibly Auger uh, playing against one of the teams from Ligue 1, whoever finishes in that 18th spot. A lot of teams are still in the running for that name, not Lorient, Strasbourg and Bordeaux all still involved. Uh, so we'll have to see how Can that I say runs out. Louis? Yes. Um... They uh, So they won the league last Saturday with a coach named Laurent Betlis, which uh, you may know because he was uh, playing not so long ago. And uh, it is uh, strongly rumoured uh, rumored that Laurent Betlis is going to be uh, succeeding uh, Michel Derzacarion at Montpellier. So that's really disappointing news uh, for any Trois fans because, uh, well, usually when you get promoted and you win a league, you, <laughs> you probably want to stay with, uh, with the same manager. So it's, I mean, it's uh, it's almost it's almost a done deal. It's almost uh, before before Reims uh, appointed uh, Oscar Garcia, which was very underwhelming, uh, and then it was confirmed a couple of days days later. So it's, yeah, it is it is quite disappointing. And uh, one last thing about Auxerre. Auxerre to me blew it completely, and it's very disappointing because there were a lot of pundits' favourite to uh, actually win the league to go uh, to do to to go all the way. Uh, because they were actually playing Grenoble the last match day and they had a stoppage time penalty, which they missed. So to me, that's a golden opportunity missed. And uh, I believe it's going to be uh, Paris, uh, Paris FC Grenoble with, with Toulouse in the playoffs. And honestly, I mean, to, to, to me, there's, there's really not much, there's really not much uh, uh, point of, uh, of Paris FC or Grenoble playing against 18th of, of Ligue 1. But there's, there's, there's a point of Toulouse playing against... Uh, Whoever finishes 18th in the game, because Toulouse have really, really had a great season, uh, which uh, and much, uh, much more quality than than Grenoble and Paris FC. I mean, I can't believe they're so close in the in the table, because you know the football hasn't really hasn't been the same uh, between Toulouse and the two others. Mm, yeah. Um... Actually, not all ends of the of the table. You don't want to be missing your penalties. That's what I've always got told. You're supposed to score them. I'm pretty sure that's what you want these days. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we'll have to see how the rest of this French season tails out. One more week in Ligue 2, two more weeks in Ligue 1. Uh, but with that, I'm just going to wrap up the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you're looking for more information on all things French football and English, you can get us on the website at getfootballnewsfrance.com. You can also find us on Twitter at GFFN. That's at GFFN on Twitter. I've been Lewis McParlin. I've been joined by Philip Margiel, Thomas Wiseman and Jeremy Smith. Two more weeks of Liga in action to get your teeth sunk into and there's so so much still to play for it's going to be an exciting end and we look forward to bringing it to you in these last few weeks once again thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next one